When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM Kyle Shanahan know the new overtime playoff rules. Did the Cowboys make the right call with Mike Zimmer? Where does Patrick Mahomes rank all time after a third Super Bowl championship and third Super Bowl MVP? And will Taylor Swift be at the uh, Super Bowl victory parade tomorrow in Kansas City? I was also asking the question why the Good Morning America clock is different than everybody else's clock. Our man Double T Mark said, uh, why would you even watch Good Morning America? That's a good question. It's typically because the TV's just on it, because when I get up in the morning and get ready for the show, Rod, I put it on, uh, I like to watch our, our, our friend Yvonne Nava, right? Of course, the, uh, oh, yeah. of course Alex Loeb with the mm-hmm. LHN, his wife Yvonne Nava on KB24 in the morning. That's, I don't know, you choose one of those morning. I like to watch the local news broadcast in the morning to catch up on traffic and what's going on with the weather and all those kind of things as we're getting ready for the show. And then usually when the show starts, I forget to change it. I forget to change it. That's what it ends up on Good Morning America. Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch that stuff either, so I don't know. <laughs> I just found it out for you. I don't get to watch morning TV. I don't I don't turn my TV on until I get home. Yeah. Well, my TV I mean, usually doesn't come on in my house until, like, I get home. The sound is Not down. just home from this job, like, when I'm getting done with my day. So, basically, I get to turn the TV on probably around 4 or 5 o'clock. Yeah. When I get I, done uh, with I, uh, I, I don't even – the sound's down. The sound ain't even up. I don't listen to it. I just, it's just on. Uh, just in case, you know <laughs> – Something breaking news in the city of Austin in the it's morning. Probably need to know that. It's called your phony. You it, know? It'll well, break it to you. You really don't even need to turn your TV on. <laughs> <laughs> you really, young young people don't watch TV. They don't even yeah. they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> all they do is That's get on their phones. It all I'm, breaks there. It still doesn't explain why Good Morning America is three minutes faster than everybody else. That doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make all. anything. Sense. That makes no sense at all. Yeah, what's going on with that? It's trying to be different. Rod will have uh, uh, behind the burn orange curtain here coming up this hour. Also, we'll have the off the record conversations of a Tuesday. And we're talking all things NFL coming off the most watched television show of all time. That is official, but not surprising. Uh, we knew with the playoff ratings through the AFC and NFC championship games and all the way through the month of January that this was going to be a gangbusters rating, and it was by almost 10 million, Rod. By more than 10 million, nearly wow. 10 million more viewers this year than last year. Yeah. And, and last year's Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl set the record. Uh, as the most watched television show of all time. So, and overall, over the course of it, 202 million viewers watched at least some part of the broadcast. That makes it the highest I, I, unduplicated audience. I always audience. wanted to know what people on Super Bowl Sunday are watching other than the Super Bowl. The people that don't watch it. Yeah. I, always, I, I literally want to talk because I don't know any of those people. Like, I really don't. I, I haven't met any of them. Like, I, most, most people in my social circle, even if they don't like football, it's on. Like, it's like, oh, no, we'll watch that, and then we'll have it on, and you watch the commercials. And it, they're part of, like, the, the social extravaganza, right? They're just part of the spectacle that is it. But they, so I don't know anybody who doesn't watch it. But I'm, I'm, obviously, the numbers say there are people who are not watching it. Yeah, and I wonder what, watch it. I wonder what they're watching. 
I don't know. What would you be watching? Because nothing, nothing competes with the Super Bowl. So nothing's on. Like you can stream stuff. I guess you can go stream whatever you want to watch. You can go watch your. You can go watch True Detective, to the Super Bowl, and catch Netflix up on that if you want to. Chill, Netflix. You know? Yeah, I would love to know the numbers for other stuff. Like I want to know the streaming numbers for everything else on Super Bowl Sunday. I would love to see those. Like, what's the highest rated program other than the Super Bowl? Or most watched program, or most, I, most streamed. I was switching back and forth in, in between the Waste Management Open because that playoff there at the end. I had Nick yeah. Taylor to win because I was in Louisiana, so I could legally gamble on gamble. DraftKings. Good pick. And uh, yeah, no, it's I, I, no. And then at halftime, I used those winnings. Live bet the Chiefs. You know, got to got to quadruple down. That a boy. Okay. Kai Henderson is back from his trip to the uh, city of New Orleans. So when did that thing go off? Uh, well, it was it, it was into what about six o'clock? It ended in Phoenix. So it was going on. Well, they, so earlier that day, they had a complete round three because there was a weather delay. Remember, like, yeah, it was a weather and delay. And then there was so a frost were... delay to that earlier in the day. So they, it was going late, and then there was two or three holes of you know playoff golf. Sudden death. Yeah, exactly right. And so yeah, they, the waste management is typically done before the Super Bowl. It's always the same weekend. Uh, but, yeah, they usually wrap it up. But they couldn't because of the frost and the, the weather. They teed off late, and then they had the, the delays in the second and third round. Yeah. So, yeah, it bumped into the into the Super Bowl into about, what is it, about 6 o'clock? The Super Bowl's kicked off about 5.30. Yeah, it was 5.30. Uh, I think they played all the way till 6 o'clock or so. Okay. So, yeah, that would be one. But, you know, once it was over, what was on? I'm not sure. And did anybody watch the whatever? What's the new show that came on after the Super Bowl that they always tracker or something? Tracker. The only reason I know that is because I recorded that, so I would watch. You know, you record what's after, so you don't miss the Super Bowl, and it went to overtime. That's the only reason I know that. I don't know what the hell that is. Yeah, I guess I saw that. Yeah, that that's with the heartthrob guy that was on the the show. This is us. Oh, he's on that show or something? Yeah, he was. I mean, the, the, the show that was on the really popular show that was on NBC. He's now the lead character in this new The Tracker. I didn't see it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't see it. At least you knew about it. That's how you know Super Bowl advertising works. You have no idea what the hell that show is. You're like, no. I know it's a show came on called The Track. I do think the premise <laughs> is that he tracks people down. Like he, like if oh. you have missed somebody missing, he he finds them. Okay, and collects them. That's how he makes his living. He collects reward money. Oh, finding, from like the families? Yes. Uh, for tracking. Home. So basically, missing like anybody missing for whatever reason. Okay, that's like a decent plot. I do show. know a couple. Not bad. Of, so, you know, one of the people that were invited to our Super Bowl party on Sunday that couldn't make it, they were building built-in shelves at their house. They weren't watching the game. Oh, they, I'm not going to work they, doing they, the game. They, Hell no. Nah. You, you're doing work They were like, the like nah. built-in cabinet. They're, they're, they're doing a project. Nah, I'm good on that. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's, it's a Super Bowl party. So at least I'd rather go watch a Super Bowl or yeah, go to the party. Yeah, they said they couldn't make it because they, they were still in the middle of their project. They weren't done. Wow. And they weren't going to walk I'm away. I'm definitely not going to start a honeydew <laughs> project or a honeydew list or anything to do the Super Bowl. No way. I guess that is the time because you can go. Stores are open, right? Oh, yeah. Stores so you are can open. go. Maybe you should just go run errands if you're not I know a watching lot of, the Super Bowl. Just go run errands because the streets will be clear. I know a, no lot of, uh, a lot of restaurants closed down. Yeah, because they were like, we're not getting any business. Yeah, we let, the our, let our employees go home. We want to go watch Super Bowl I, seen a, I saw that. In fact, that happened in, that happened in Vegas. Yeah. And some of them like, nah, we're shutting down. It's, it's, we are Vegas, but we still respect the Super Bowl. We're shutting down because nobody wants to come here and watch the Super Bowl at this really nice restaurant. It's not going to happen. So why would we be open? So I get that. Yeah. Sports. Do people go out to sports bars and watch Super Bowls? Uh, yeah. Some people, I guess. I guess they, they do. But, um, you know, if you don't have a party T- to Ty, go have to. you ever been to out to a sports bar to watch a Super Bowl? Uh, I don't think I, I usually it's a Super Bowl party this year. I was, this year I was making homemade ravioli at, as as well as watching it at the same time, so I was a little distracted. But it was, you know, I, I got I watched all, every single play. I missed a lot of commercials though. I was sad about that. It says uh, when the Super Bowl is playing, Animal Planet has a show called the Puppy Bowl. 
have, I've seen the puppy bow. I've watched the yeah. old broadcast. It's painfully adorable. It says. I, I have. I've seen that actually. The puppy. I think I recorded it one year to to like check it out. Here it is. It this guy says, ridiculous. "I will not apologize for this ever." But I did not watch the Super Bowl and have had an active boycott as long as the Cowboys don't make it. Damn. Which means I probably will never watch another. Hold up. So, so they want to watch it. They just they, out of principle they're not watching it because they're boycotting, protesting. Going on thirty years now. My Do, doing their part. Oh, no, don't hurt. No, don't don't let the Cowboys' uh, underachieving nature affect your quality of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. To hell with that. Game of the year, man. It was a great game. Back to back years, went to the final play. You know, you know what? That's cool. If back in the day we had those Super Super Bowls and they're all blowouts, because man, we had some terrible Super Bowls. Oh. We had like a stretch with Super Bowls, which they weren't even fun to watch. Well, it's when the NFC watch. was so much more dominant than the yeah. AFC, right? Now lately, our Super Bowls have been amazing. Amazing. Like, Amazing. You know, honestly, I'll, I'll give Tom Brady and the Patriots credit for that. Ever since their dynastic run, Super Bowls have been awesome. They've been great. They always go out of field goals, game-winning drives. It's like a Patriot thing. Well, and remember, those. this is the design of the league, right? It's parody, right? That's what they want. They want you know, new, new champs, new teams, salary caps, free mm-hmm. agency, all those things. You know, worst teams get the top draft picks, all those kind of things. And that really began in the middle of the 90s, right? When With salary okay, cap. Yeah, before that. 94. Yeah, before that, it was dynasties. You could keep the same team together for a decade, mm-hmm. uh, and they weren't going anywhere. And you could pay them whatever you want and um, could afford it. So, you know, the Niners and the Washington football team at the time, the Cowboys, Steelers, those teams stayed together. Um, not anymore. Not anymore. They break up, and you have to uh, navigate the salary cap and uh, the league differently now, which I do think leads to more parity, which leads to great football and great Super Bowls. Because in that, in that run of blowouts, I mean, it was when the Niners were just – the, the teams in the NFC were so much better than the teams in the AFC. Yeah, it wasn't even close. I mean, because that was – because if you got – remember when the Cowboys were playing the Niners in the NFC Championship game, if you won that game, you won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the Cowboys won it, and then they beat the Bills 52-10. to 10. Yep. And the Chargers, the, the Niners won, and they beat the daylights out of the Chargers when Steve Young threw six touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it, obviously since free agency, uh, salary cap, much more even league. And it comes down to this guy number 15, making yeah, plays. But your quarterback <laughs> makes all the difference, right, yeah, in that yeah. salary cap league. Hell, and that's the thing about the Kansas City Chiefs. You would think they'd be at a disadvantage because of what this, this salary cap hit now uh, or the salary cap number for Patrick Mahomes. I think it was like $37 million or something like that. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Didn't hey, matter. let's get to the other top stories and headlines. Rod's going to take us behind the BOC later. We'll go at the turn at the bottom, but first the news. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. Top Gun with a great new location in Buda, Texas. How about we start with the NFL? It's official now in Dallas. Cowboys have finalized the deal to bring back their former defensive coordinator, Mike Zimmer. He replaces Dan Quinn. There was some drama yesterday when there were reports the deal wasn't done and that maybe Rex Ryan, the former New York Jets coach, was still in the mix. But the deal got done uh, middle of the day yesterday. 67-year-old most recently, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings for eight seasons. He rejoins the team after 18, 18 years after serving in that same exact role. Super Bowl 58, as we said, officially the most watched program in television history. Chiefs victory parade is uh, tomorrow in Kansas City. College basketball, Texas forward Dylan DeSue named the Big 12 Conference Player of the Week yesterday. First time a Longhorn has won that honor this season. Senior from Pflugerville was awesome in two games last week. Over 27 points, five and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, two and a half steals, and a block and a half in two games. Texas off in the midweek. They'll play Houston this Saturday down in Houston. Surging Texas women are moved up to number five in the latest AP Top 25 rankings. Head coach Vic Schaefer Swanson won four in a row. They'll face Houston tomorrow night down in Houston for welcoming on Iowa State into the Moody Center on Saturday. Uh, on the court last night, how about a blowout in Lubbock? Texas Tech rolls past Kansas. The sixth-ranked Jayhawks, 79-50. to 
The Tech guard Darian Williams had a perfect night, scored 30 points, had 12 rebounds. Sophomore didn't miss a shot, 12 for 12 from the floor, 4 for 4 from three-point land. Also made a couple of free throws uh, in the victory. Busy night in the NBA, all three Texas teams in action, and the trio all posted wins. And how about Victor Wenmanyama's game? Uh, the rookie phenom, 27 points, 14 boards, and 10 block shots. That's a career high. His second career triple-double. Spurs beat the Raptors in Toronto. Uh, Luka Doncic-Mule posted his 10th triple-double of the season. Lead the Mavericks over Washington, 112-104. And down in Houston, Rockets nipped the Knicks, 105-103. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yeah, we'll get back to some more uh, Super Bowl discussion here. But, uh, you know, I just think we talked about this earlier. You know, the rest of the NFL has got some, some man-in-the-mirror moments that they need to have, to, some true self-evaluation to figure out how close they are to Kansas City. And I do think there are some teams that have most of the elements needed to be Kansas City. First of all, you've got to have a top-10 QB just to even be in the conversation. You're not going to be in that conversation with a top, uh, with, without a top 10 QB. So you need a QB that can put on the cape when you need him to and put, your, put the team on his back because Patrick Mahomes can do that in clutch time, in the fourth quarter, and we've seen him do it in the biggest moments. You've got to have a quarterback that's capable of doing it. Will he do it? That's a different conversation, but he's got to be capable of it. There are some teams that have that, right? Lamar Jackson is, you know, he's he's got as capable of that. Josh Allen is capable. Joe Burrow, we've seen Joe Burrow do it. So that's number one, and that's like only like ten teams in the league. Then you got to have, I think, an offense and really kind of an offensive mind behind that offense, a play caller who also is savvy enough, sophisticated enough, and your offense is potent enough where you can stay on the field because, to me, that's the best defense against Patrick Mahomes is an offense that can keep him off the field as a bystander. He just needs to be watching from the sideline. And the 49ers didn't have that offense in this game. They weren't able to convert and stay on the field on crucial money downs. Uh, that was big. You got to have an offense that is, is, is effective enough where they can move the chains, they can control the game that way, and like I said, the best defense essentially is to keep uh, to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, and then you gotta have a a a gaggle of really good pass rushers that you can keep throwing at the Kansas City Chiefs over and over and over and over again. The Bucks had that. That's the way they found a way to win. Honestly, the San Francisco 49ers did a really good job. They stockpiled pass rushes as well as anybody. That's their top priority usually in the draft, and they did a good job. They got a bunch of them. They had Randy Gregory, and they got Bosa. And they got, I mean, they, they probably have as good of a stockpile of pass rushers as anybody in the league, and it did help them. I mean, it helped them for most of that game be able to apply pressure to Patrick Mahomes, put pressure on them, put them under duress. Just couldn't do it in clutch time. He found solutions to those problems. I think those are kind of the, those those three places where you have to start um, because I don't think there's any real way to defend Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid once they're once they're in the zone and once he's actually playing his best football. I don't know if there's a defensive game plan or a defensive strategy or system that works with really Patrick. Mahomes. I remember at one point it was, hey, drop your safeties back. If you drop your safeties back and you can take away the deep ball, then you take away part of Mahomes' his, uh, his DNA as a player. You take away his strength, which is he wants to throw the football vertically down the field. Well, for two or three years, we saw him do that, and we saw Patrick Mahomes evolve his game to become the quarterback now that doesn't need to stretch the field. If you give it to him, he'll take it, but he doesn't need the deep ball. How many deep balls is he completing this game? Two? One? 
Yeah, not many. I remember the one in McCole Hardeman down the – that was a beautiful one too, by the way. I think he was <laughs> he, had, he was rolling opposite side of the field and was able to chunk it. But he didn't, he didn't complete many deep balls. That's not his game anymore because the strategy had been, hey, take away the deep ball and force Mahomes to have to march the length of the field to beat you. And with that wide receiving core, nah, he's not going to be able to do it. Well – now he can do that, too. He's proven that he can do that. Well, and I know it's, it's three and five years, but, you know, when we talk about how close are these teams, I mean, the Niners were this close, right? It was a couple of plays here and there that they don't execute uh, and some, some bad luck with an injury to Dre Greenlaw, the punt that hits the guy in the foot, the you know, lack of execution in the red zone. And then you go back to last year's Super Bowl with the Eagles, right? I mean, the Jonathan Bradbury holding call that extended a drive the game to the game, led to the game-winning field goal. Yeah. I mean, gosh, go back to the last year's AFC Championship game when a, a late hit out of bounds by Joseph Osai allowed the Chiefs to yep. win the game or they're not in the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it's, it's – and the Buffalo Bills have been heartbroken many, many times. Joe Burrow's beaten them once and almost beaten them twice. So, I think it's close, but at the same time, it, it doesn't matter until someone dethrones this team. And I do think – as I said a lot yesterday, that this was the year to beat them because I, I think they're going to be better next year. I really do. I think they're going to add pieces, as you've talked about. Um, they're going to get Chris Jones re-signed. Patrick Mahomes has talked about re-reworking his deal to create more cap space, mm-hmm. and he wants more weapons to throw to so they can get back to being a little bit more dynamic offensively. Travis Kelsey's already announced he's coming back for the three-peat. So, man, it's uh, – but, man, I think, I think the, the end of the day for all these teams, it's about critical execution in the critical mm-hmm. moments. I mean, you just – you can't make the mistakes. You can't miss a block on Chris Jones. I mean, yeah. how do you not, on the biggest play of the game, arguably in overtime, you don't block Chris Jones? The best defensive player they got. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, how you lose track of that guy? It's one thing if you get beat. Okay, that happens. You didn't even yeah. block the dude. Yep. Uh, that can't happen. Uh, and then you give credit to the, to the coaching staff and the team they built in San Francisco because – or excuse me, in Kansas City because it felt like – Every time they needed a big play on defense, they hit, right? I mean, yep. they, they dialed up the right blitz. It was Trent McDuffie off the corner on the big third down after the, at the two-minute warning, and um, they, they just they, they had the right answer. But at the same time, it's, 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 it's very slim, the margins. No, no it's but game of inches. Game of inches game over of and over inches, again. Man. It really is. Uh, and, but the Chiefs win those games of inches. That they, they're very difficult. Like, Joe Burrow, as you said, is the only one to have beaten them, and he might have beat them twice if not for the Joseph Osai penalty out of bounds. Yeah. Because they would have won that game. That's another team we don't talk enough about because Joe Burrow was hurt this year. But, yo, that Joe Burrow, I love Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator. So, defensively, he's, he matches up really well in yep. the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They do a good job of that. And, honestly, even this year, Mike McDonald was a, did a great job on them. Defensively, probably as good a job as we've seen well, anybody do against far, Kansas City. I mean, Josh, Josh Allen's been so close. But Joe Burrow is the one quarterback who has gone toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and beaten him. Uh, and beat them on his home field. Because when I say this was the year to get them, they had to go on the road for you know the two of the playoff games. They never had to do that. No. They've never had to leave Arrowhead Stadium in this run. Uh, they had to go into, into Buffalo. They had to go into Baltimore and win as a, a six-loss team. Yep. I don't know that that's going to be the case moving forward, but we'll see. And then those are the teams chasing, right? In the, in the NFC, you're just trying to get to the Super Bowl like the Eagles did and then the Niners have and the Rams before them. And this, is, this is in the AFC. You've got to beat this team to even get there. And that's what the Texans and the Bengals and the Bills and the now Jim Harbaugh, Jim, Jim Harbaugh and the L.A. Chargers are all about. Uh, how do you beat them? That's what your entire offseason is built around is how do we beat that team? Yeah, I mean, you can have, and you can have a better team. I mean, 49ers are a better team yeah, than do. Kansas City. But they don't have a better quarterback. They don't have the better head coach. And they don't have the better GM. And I think that's also the challenge for these other teams too. Um, You've got to find a way. Yeah, you can construct a better team than Kansas City. Um, but, man, the, the holy trinity that they have 
of Andy Reid, Brett Veach, and Patrick Holmes, I don't know if there's a better trio than the league. I don't know if anybody has a better – I don't know if there's a better head coach in the league right now than Andy Reid. I don't know if there is a better quarterback in the NFL, well, we know it's not, than Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if there's a better GM right now in the league than Brett Veach. Yep, no. I mean, Harry Roseman's in the conversation. Lynch is in the conversation. But Brett Veach has proven himself to be better than those two guys right Elite. now. Elite, because we talked about the, the trade of Tyree Kill to the Miami Dolphins, right? They've won two Super Bowls since that trade. Since the trade. Gone 7-0 and in the playoffs since the trade. And the, the draft picks he made with the picks acquired for oh, him man. include Trent McDuffie, include Isaiah Pacheco. Impact players. Impact. Uh, Isaiah, the, the, Leo Chanel, the linebacker who made so many big plays, blocked the extra point. I mean, yeah. I mean the play because they got five picks in return for Tyree Kill, and each one of them, essentially, Rache Rice, one of those guys, the receiver, it was big. I mean, this just, so that's Brett Veach saying, you know what? I have this asset in Tyree Kill who we can't afford, or we we we, we can turn him into five good players, which is essentially what he did. Yep. Uh, and that's what a good GM does in a salary cap league. If you can take one great player and turn it into five really good players, you're a better team, especially with that quarterback. No, that's exactly what he did. I mean, it and it's unbelievable because. This offseason, here I'll give you the here's the free agents for the uh the key free agents for Kansas City. Legeria Sneed, Chris Jones, Mike Dana, Willie Gay Jr., Donovan Smith. That's gonna be a big one. Their offensive tackle. They gotta figure that out. Clyde Edwards Alaire, nah, Jarek McKinnon, Drew Tranquil. Good player. Uh, uh Mike Edwards, uh the safety. He's a, a good player too. Um defensive tackle, Derek Nottie, uh punter, Tommy Townsend, McCole Hardman. I mean, honestly, they got to sign two of those guys back. Chris Jones, they got to get back. And Donovan Smith. What about Legereus Sneed? Yeah, that's, I think that's what a key because I think that gives you two elite corners, right, when you can cover both sides with McDuffie it and It made a Sneed. difference. They it did. made a huge difference, it man. Does. They locked them up. Without a doubt. I mean, they're the two of the stickiest cover corners, and, of course, they, all, they both made huge plays the other night. Oh, I wouldn't doubt if they draft one. Honestly, with the way that Brett Veach operates, yeah. he could decide, I'm just going to replace him. Yeah, and he's identified those players. He, he's hit more than he's missed, that's for sure. And, of course, as you said, he was the one that pounded the table with Andy Reid to draft Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, Brett Veach, huge credit, without a doubt, in the roster construction. We come back, we will be at the turn, getting more on the wasted management open rod and what changes are coming in Scottsdale after the debacle of Saturday. Uh, good for Ty, though. He did win with Nick Taylor winning that in the playoff. But, man, it got out of control on Saturday. We'll hear some thoughts on that. Also, Rod will take us behind the BOC. Uh, off the record for the end of the hour. Glad you're with us on a Tuesday. Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's Day. Always is a good day to make it a Callahan's Day. I'm actually going to be over at Callahan's today. i got to go over and uh, say hi to my buddy Charlie Wilson, record some new uh, yard tips. we got to update those yard tips that we'll give you because it's a new time of year. It's February into uh, March now. So uh, we'll have those rolling out, and I'll be uh, bringing you those from Callahan's General Store. Uh, Rod? Yes, sir? Obviously, the uh, fallout continues in conversation about what went on as, uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona over the weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, the Waste Management Tournament became the Wasted Management Tournament as uh, alcohol sales and, you know, the, the, the crowds. Listen to this. I found this, Rod. This was uh, what you'll hear is a young lady complaining 
uh, about why they stopped selling beer and selling alcohol at the Waste Management Tournament in Scottsdale over the weekend on that Saturday. And then you'll hear from a bartender who explains what was going on and uh, the severity of the situation there. Listen to this piece of audio. The whole Waste Management just stopped serving alcohol, and I need someone at home to tell me why. As somebody that was bartending today, when they told us to stop serving alcohol, let me tell you what we heard. So around 1.30, when we were extremely busy, we were told by our boss to stop serving alcohol. Reason being was because the Scottsdale Police Department and the Scottsdale Fire Marshal told us to stop, and they stopped letting people in because there was almost a half a million people huh? on the course at that one time. And this Ooh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> 500,000 people, he said. I don't think that was the number but because they don't announce attendance but the 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 expectation was 216,000 over Friday and Saturday he said half in 500,000 I don't think there were 500,000 people there but I think you know probably close to 200,000 potentially and so they shut down the beer sales and uh Mm -hmm. you know that that was early in the day I mean they 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 stopped selling at 130 uh and and then you had the crowds chanting we want beer we want beer I mean, essentially, they've turned this into like, uh, remember when you were growing up, Rod, and I was growing up on MTV, they used to have a show called, where they would do live from spring break. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> on the beach. I remember that. And it was just, you know, drunk people and craziness. Yep. That's what they've essentially turned this golf tournament mm-hmm. into in Phoenix. It's like Mardi Gras or the streets of New Orleans during Mardi Gras. I remember that. Uh, in and around the golf course. So, as we told you earlier, Chance Cosby's the executive director. He's going to, uh, they're going to, you know, make some changes. It won't be like that next year. Yeah, they do something because there's, there's uh, a went, line between fun and out of control. Yeah, they went they went extreme. Uh, like I said, they had a reputation that they were the fun uh, golf tournament that they were unlike and un, uh, uncharacteristic of the other kind of high highfalutin like snooty uh, golf tournaments around the country. And I think that was a really good reputation to have because people wanted to be a part of it. People wanted to go to it because it was fun, and people wanted to go to it because it was unlike anything that they had ever experienced in golf. And it still is, but now I think they've gone too extreme the other way. So they just need to put in just a few, I think, security measures um, that will deter that type of rowdy behavior. I mean, honestly, just having more security out there, period. There's more cops around. More cops and fewer people. Sorry. Yes. I, I know people don't like that because that's not a formula for fun. <laughs> but more cops, fewer people, you're probably going to have less of those rowdy uh, incidents. Well, and Cosby acknowledged the tournament did not have a good Saturday. He said yeah. they vowed to make the changes. Players were complaining. Because, look, I mean, the players are all, all uh, in for it and having a good time. But at the same time, there is a line that you can't cross. And I think they, they certainly crossed it on Saturday. Oh, my uh, God. It was better on Sunday, because I'll give them that credit. By Sunday, it was kind of a normal thing. They just had the weather delay, and they had to wrap up a third round, and then the fourth round. And then they went to the playoff, which is why it spilled over into mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. But uh, Nick Taylor won that bad boy. Scotty Scheffler had won it each of the last two years. So there you go. There is your at-the-turn conversation. The Wasted Management open now in the rearview mirror. Uh, I think they're heading to Florida now. I think the uh, – actually, no, no. You know what they've got coming up? Tiger Woods and the Genesis Tiger, Invitational Tiger, 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 Tiger out at Riviera in Los Angeles is coming up uh, later this month too. So uh, Tiger Woods will be back on the course, and we'll be certainly talking about that at At The Turn, brought to you by Callahan's General Store. At the Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk about uh, the NFL draft a little bit. Dane Brugler has his uh, updated top 100 
for the 2024 NFL Draft. So he's just ready. You're getting more big board stuff coming out right now, right? Just overall big boards. They're not necessarily mocking where players are going. That's uh, that's a different science altogether. That's a different skill because then you actually look at the roster of the team um, and you look at the makeup, what their priorities are, what they emphasize, what their draft habits are as an organization, what they usually like to prioritize, what are premium positions for this team and what they need as opposed to you know, what the best value at that position could be. So mocking is totally different than big boards. NFL teams, they do their own mocks too, um, where they look at situationally every team and how they're going to approach that pick. Uh, But big board is basically, we're just ranking the best players, period. We're going to rank the best and the top players in the draft. That's why big board stuff is really fun at this time of year. And and the big board stuff changes too because once guys start working out, and then once, once guys start getting vetted by teams, once guys start interviewing with teams, you'll see teams, you know, move certain guys up. Say the guy may have been their third best D, uh, cornerback on the board, and then they, they talk to him, they like him a lot, and he becomes the second best cornerback on the board. So that's the way it goes down. So the updated top 100 for Dane Brugler, and Dane Brugler does really good work for the athletic. Um, he, he, this is, like I said, this is his big, big board overall right now. Um, so his big board, he's got Byron, once again, I mean, people love Byron Murphy. He's a big Byron Murphy fan. He's got Byron Murphy as the top longhorn on his big board. He's got uh, Byron Murphy at 15 on his big board overall. So he's got him, you know, said the 15th highest rated player. And Dane Brugler really loves uh, Byron Murphy. And he's been talking about Byron Murphy being a first-round pick since before the season even started, before the season even ended, I should say. He was talking about him being a first-round pick. So, uh, of his big board rankings for the Longhorns, that's it. That's all he's got in the first round, in the top 32, 33 picks. All he has is Byron Murphy among the top uh, 32 prospects for the Longhorns. That's the only one. He's got A.D. Mitchell right outside of that at 35. Remember I told you, most of the research that I've done, big board-wise, has A.D. Mitchell outside the first round. Now, there's going to be a run on wide receivers when the mock drafts gets really different than the big board. There will be a run on wide receivers in this draft because most people's mocks have three wide receivers taken in the top ten. So you've got three wide receivers. As a matter of fact, here's uh, Dane Brugler. He's got his first pick is Caleb Williams. Second is Marvin Harrison Jr. Third is – this is big board stuff. Like I said, not, not a mock yet. But his first overall pick is Caleb Williams. Second, Marvin Harrison Jr. Third, Malik Neighbors. Then he's got Drake May. Then he's got Brock Bowers. Uh, then Joe Alton, he's got Romeo Dunze, uh, seven. And then uh, Jane Daniels, eighth on his big board. So he's got three wide receivers taken in the top ten, period. And that's why there's a chance A.D. Mitchell ends up sneaking into the back of the first round is because he made – I don't know if he's a first-round talent overall just based on big board status, but that if, you run, if you want a wide receiver, you might have to, uh, you know, expand – your first round grades for wide receiver just because the top three are going to be all off the board before the top 10 is even up. And that's why A.D. Mitchell could sneak up into the first round. Um, so we'll see if that, because Peter, not Peter King, but uh, Mel Kuyper had, I believe, seven wide receivers taken in the first round of his draft. And yes, one of those was A.D. Mitchell, but that was like four, three, that was like three weeks ago. That was a long time ago. So, obviously, things change uh, in that time span. But Byron Murphy, he's got Byron Murphy at number 15 overall. He's got the next Longhorn on his big board is Tavondre Sweat, 33. 
So he's got Devontae Sweat, 33 overall, A.D. Mitchell at 35. So his big board, he actually has Sweat ranked higher as a player overall than A.D. Mitchell. And I don't disagree with that either. I think Devontae Sweat is actually – his value is increasing because the D tackle value, I believe, overall is starting to increase a little bit. Um, Xavier Worthy has got 46 on his big board. Uh, behind A.D. Mitchell, and I believe, I don't count the number of wide receivers he has, but I still, I believe Xavier Worthy is eighth, the eighth highest ranked wide receiver on um, his big board, but I'll go back and make sure I check that. He's got J.T. Sanders at 50, big board stuff. He's got Jay Brooks at 70, um, and I believe that's the kind of the end. He goes through his top 100 here, so top 100 prospects, but he's got Jay Brooks at 70. Remember what I told you, Jay Brooks could sneak into the back of the second round. Um, and if he does, I think the Longhorns are going to end up having most of their prospects drafted in the second round. Uh, I do believe Byron Murphy is going to be a first-round pick. I think A.D. Mitchell is probably going to drop uh, to the beginning of the second round. It means him and X-Man will probably be drafted right around there unless, like I said, there's a run on wide receivers, and then he ends up moving up that, uh, that, that draft order a little bit. Um, but I think you're looking at J.T. Sanders, X-Man, Tavondre Sweat, uh, Jay Brooks, I think all you look at four guys potentially, and maybe even five, depending on how things play out, that are going to be drafted in the second. Longhorns will be drafted in the second round. It'll be a blockbuster, probably all-time great second-round draft for the Longhorn football team. So that that second day is going to be really, really exciting. And then after that, I I don't know where Jalen Jalen Ford's. He's gonna unfortunately he's gonna drop in the draft, and it has nothing to do with really what he's done. It's more about the value of the position. And it's more about the injury that he had to deal with this whole season. And that has dropped his draft stock a little bit because he didn't make as many splash plays. Done the film this past season, not as good as his film was in 2022 because he was fully healthy. So those are things kind of outside of his control. So I haven't seen Jalen Ford in any of the first two rounds of any mock draft or any overall big board. I think he's going to be a guy that drafts in the third and the fourth round, and somebody's going to get a steal with Jalen Ford in the third, fourth round. That guy's going to be a starter for somebody one day. Agreed. And you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, the Cowboys are interesting in that second round for Jonathan Brooks. Uh, yeah, they probably be interested in Jalen Ford, too. Yeah, they if should. If he drops that far. You're right about that. They need linebackers. They need linebackers for sure. And, and you know, gosh, Longhorn fans know it's highly unlikely Jerry Jones will draft one, but not two Longhorns. Are you kidding me? Hey, man. Uh, but, man, I mean, Jonathan Brooks, I mean, in the Cowboys, you mentioned earlier, the Cowboys have a history of – second round gambles right where they'll mm-hmm. they'll take a guy that they have rated as a, as a first round pick but he slipped into the second round they did it way back with sean lee they did it with uh randy gregory they love that um you know they, they did it with uh, jalen smith the linebacker mm-hmm. out of notre dame he had a medical injury obviously that never was right but same time that's where that's about where jonathan brooks should be 56 ish yeah that okay this is where you start looking at him going man these were 55 picks into this he's he's a top 25 player of healthy and we got him, you know, to around late. Yeah, we'll take. And, and we need a running back, right? Because the Cowboys would need. I mean, if they let Tony Pollard walk, they will. Which most expect after yeah. franchise tagging him, they need to acquire a veteran running back in either free agency or via trade. And then they need to draft a running back. So, mm-hmm. you mean you, you you got to rebuild your running back room. And Jonathan Brooks would be a nice piece. Because hey, Cowboy, Cowboy fans have talked about, man, what about Derrick Henry or what about uh, some of these guys? Well, you know, you could do Derrick Henry and then draft a Jonathan Brooks, yeah, you and could. you've got the, 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 the current and the future. Yeah, because you don't – I mean, you bring in a veteran running back. I mean, you're not going to bring him in very long. He's a no. stopgap player for you. But the value you could get for a Jonathan Brooks if healthy, top running back on the board. Yeah. 
Uh, that could be tremendous from Hallettsville. He's a state of Texas kid, yeah. and you need him. I mean, you need a back of the future because if Tony Pollard is not, and Zeke Elliott obviously is long gone, you need that person to to hand the ball to because they got to get back to running the football. They got to get back yep. to being a better running team than That's they were point. this year. Because yep. remember, this is also a offense. It's likely to lose Tyron Smith, and they've got to figure out how they're going to keep their center, um, who's also a free agent, Tyler Biotish. Uh, so yeah. they've got some decisions to make. No, that's a good point, though. Uh, you know, I love the Cowboys. I actually like that Cowboys strategy, too. They kind of get they gamble in the second round. Because second round, you're going to get first-round talent that will fall to the second round just because mis-evaluations and um, some teams are just bad at the draft. Cowboys are not one of those teams, by the way. Cowboys are actually one of the better drafting teams in the NFL. So you'll get – this is why Belichick loved the second-round picks, right? Second-round picks, you can get first-round value because you'll have guys who drop uh, out of that first round into the second round and miss evaluations uh, by teams. Like I said, some are just bad at it. And the guaranteed money also is cut in half that you owe the players. So the amount of guaranteed money attached to those draft spots in the second, uh, second round cuts in half <laughs> immediately. So you get first-round talent for half the guaranteed money. That's why that second round is mo- it's money. That's a, that's your, if you can hit, if you can hit in that second round, there's a, there's a good chance, I mean, you're getting the bad, probably the best value in the draft potentially. Because yeah, you're getting the first-round guy where you ain't got to pay him the guaranteed bread. No question. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, it's been hit or miss. I mean, the Cowboys took Trayvon Diggs with a second-round pick in 2020. Right there after you go. Lamb. Yeah, and and he was kind of a risk, too. Remember, he hadn't played a lot of corner That's at right. the time. When they drafted yep. him, he had only played like three years of cornerback. Remember, Nick Saban switched him to corner. From he's playing safety and he was playing like wide receiver and he was a return guy. He started crying because he wanted to play wide receiver so bad, like his brother. And Nick Saban told him, like, Dude, I'm gonna make you a whole lot of money. What are you doing? You're gonna play. I'm the greatest defensive mind in the history of college football. I'm telling you, you are a great corner and ends up being an all pro. But that was a bit of a risk for him, too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last year it was Luke Shoemaker, the uh, tight end out of Michigan. We haven't seen much I've from seen him. None of him, yeah. I mean, right now the Cowboys draft last year is not a good draft. I mean, as if you. Oh, the Mozzie Smith one? Yeah, Mozzie Smith, Shoemaker. Maker yeah. Demario had overshown him. Unfortunately, got hurt. Uh, Fajoko didn't do anything. I mean, Deuce Vaughn didn't do much. I mean, last year point, they got actually. very little out of it to this point. Uh, now, the draft before, they took Tyler Smith, who's the starting offensive lineman. They took draft. Sam Williams. Mm-hmm. They took Jake Ferguson. Took Deron Bland in the fifth round of that. Damone Clark. So, yeah, they hit in 2022. They did not so much last year, but there's still time for a Mozzie Smith and a Shoemaker and DeMarvion Overshone to make an impact. Uh, but second-round picks, they've, they've kind of been hit or miss, to say the yeah. least. Yeah, honestly, and the Cowboys understand that. That's why they, they roll the dice in that second-round pick. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to hit in those guys. Sometimes it's going to be a miss. Uh, but the Cowboys are found because the Cowboys actually do a decent job of drafting in the middle rounds. Sure they do. Um, and they're actually one of the better teams at uh, getting undrafted free agents. Um, who can who have a quality undrafted free agent that can make their roster? The Cowboys are a really good draft team. I know we we talk a lot of you know obviously there are a lot of negative critiques about the Cowboys and or their organizational habits. Draft wise though, they're they're one of the top five best drafting teams in the league in the last. Was since Will McClay basically kind of took over their personnel decisions for the draft. They're one of the better drafting teams in the league. So, uh, anyway, there you go. That's Dane Brugler's uh, big board. Uh, I did have a Longhorn-related take to the Super Bowl. We'll get to that in the next Behind the Burnt Orange Curtain. I think Sark can learn some lessons from Andy Reid. Who can't? Who, who wouldn't learn some lessons is watching Andy Reid as a play caller? But Andy Reid, the best play-calling head coach in football today. Um, and that's one of the challenges for Sark, right? Sark is a play-calling head coach. Um, and I think uh, Andy Reid shows – 
a uh, he shows a lot of reasons why he's such a savvy play calling head coach, and I think Sark can learn a couple of lessons from it. And we'll talk about that next time behind the Burns curtain. There right, we go, BOC coming back. We're going to hit some off the record, including uh oh, it looks like uh, there's a new location for Big Twelve football media days, Rod. And the Longhorns and the Sooners are leaving. Got details on that coming your way. Oh, yeah. Also, some other off-the-record stories, things you probably missed but need to hear because everyone will be talking about them. Welcome up with Ian Rod B. D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry. Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get They bring the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Yeah, it is off the record for sure. Football season is in the rear view, but uh, we know we do have light on around the corner, Rod. We've got the uh, Texas spring game coming your way in about you know two months, and we've got uh, 200 days to the start of the Texas football season with those with a, with an exciting schedule coming in 2023. Where do we start on August the? I mean 2023. Don't give me that. There was 2024. Come on now. August 31st, Colorado State. But uh, between now and then, Rod, they'll have spring practice in the spring game and SEC media days for the first time will include the Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners, and that's going to be in Dallas. But how about this tease, Rod? looks like the Big 12 without those two schools and the addition of the four corner schools. Yes, sir. Tease, Big 12 Conference teasing that the location for Big 12 media days this year will be in Las Vegas and likely to be at Allegiant Stadium, the stadium you were in on Sunday for the Super Bowl. Oh, nice. That's cool. I just talked about that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Brett, Brett Yormark making moves, making moves, taking it to Vegas with the schools for obviously Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, BYU now in the conference, uh, Colorado with Deion Sanders, uh, probably a probably a smart move, and they'll get a lot of media coverage there because media members like to go to Vegas. Media members <laughs> like to go to Vegas. Damn right about that. That's why the Super Bowl will probably go back there pretty soon too. Everybody wants to go to Vegas, and I mean everybody can get to Vegas. Yeah, it's an easy flight. Everybody, everywhere around the country, every major airport's got a straight flight to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, you know, and in fact, Austin added a few of them right after the, right before the Super Bowl. They added like a bunch of last minute straight shots to Vegas. I had a couple of friends who went. <laughs> I thought my man C.J. Vogel did. Yeah, he I was saw actually, that. Uh, yeah, he was thinking like about it. Twenty four hour trip up there. Yeah, and he went online, and got some cheap flights, went to Vegas for a little while before the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's the beauty of Vegas. You can find a cheap flight to Vegas. I mean, that's just – that's the reality. Everybody knows that. You can find a cheap flight to Vegas. And, yeah, if you want to get there. So, I think it, I think that actually does help it in terms of it being a mecca for entertainment, that everybody can get there at any time they want to. Um, all right, speaking of entertainment, um, we will no longer be entertained by the reality TV relationship of Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan. Thank goodness. They have broken up Uh-oh. after more than a year of dating – uh, apparently there was some tension in the relationship. Um, one <clears throat> Michael Jeffrey Jordan apparently applied some tension, and we all know why. Because yeah, Michael probably even Michael Jordan didn't want to get. I don't even think MJ wanted to get that that grimy uh, with his beef with Scottie Pippen to have his son banging Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Uh, I don't think even Michael Jordan looked down on that. He thought he was a little. Uh, he thought that was a little shady. Um, but they're not together. A source told Page Six. 
Um, so Real Housewives of Miami star deleted all evidence of their relationship from her Instagram. So Larsa Pippen has already uh, basically deleted their presence as a couple from social media. And Marcus said that basically uh, well, a source close to him said they're taking space from each other due to tension in the relationship, which was allegedly incited by Michael Jordan. Apparently they said Michael was the one applying a lot of pressure. He did not want them together. Well, and Michael uh, gets, man, Pops got MJ some gets sway. Well, yeah, of course he does. Come on. You think Marcus Jordan going to go against Pops in the end? He did no. for a while. Yeah, well, for a while. Come on, Mike. Come on, Marcus. You know you mm-hmm. can't do that to your pops. Can't do it to your pops. Man, that woman used to babysit you. <laughs> yeah. First of all, this even aside from your pops, that woman, Larsa Pippen. There's a really good chance that Larsa Pippen and and Scottie Pippen, along with Michael Jordan and his ex-wife, when they were together as a family, that they they were double dating, hanging out, kicking it at the house, and that she probably babysat Michael. She Marcus. babysat Marcus at one time. And, well, especially the fact yeah. that uh, your dad and my and Scotty Pippen don't get along at all. I mean, they're they're kind of uh, no. uh, at odds to say the least at this point. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's for Marcus, it's like sticking it in the face of his dad and Scotty to say the least. And it's like you probably needed to end. Thought he needed to end. Well, By the way, uh, Rod, you can uh, we can now actually sip on gin and juice. You see, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg have released a canned alcoholic cocktail called Gin and Juice. Oh, I can tell you. Citrus, a, melon, passion fruit, and apricot. There was nothing more disgusting than gin and juice back in the day. It right? was so gross. It was a, a disgusting drink. I, if not for that song, I don't know why the hell people became obsessed with that drink because it is it's not a tasty drink. Have you ever had gin and juice? Nope. Gin, gin and orange guy. juice? Mm-mm. It is disgusting. <laughs> and it is so bad. I don't know how. I don't know, first of all, I don't like gin. You like gin? No. I'm not a gin I guy. I like gin. Ty likes gin. Yeah, Ty will drink it anyway. My wife likes gin. Gin's disgusting. Um, but uh, more tequila for her. But uh, Yeah, I'm a tequila guy. Tequila's okay. great. But gin? No. Gin and juice was just not my thing. I, Gin's a little citrusy. Which, yeah. uh, I think it's a, more, it's a really overrated drink. It's just got a really cool song that people liked. That is a good song. It's a great song. And now, you know, good marketing. Dr. Dre and Snoop are coming out with their own cocktail. Well, it, you can try it. Well, nobody markets as well as Snoop does. So Snoop. Snoop, Snoop Dre's is, pretty good, too. <laughs> Dre's good, too, but, uh, man, Snoop is a marketing genius. Always yes, has been. Um, and so it'll, it'll sell because Snoop knows how to make cash. That's for damn sure. Straight cash, homie. All right, straight, straight cash. Straight cash, homie. Uh, I will play this later on, but Shaq uh, was talking to some guys at the Super Bowl, I guess. I guess he was on a podcast. He finally admitted that he ring-chased late in his career with the Cavs and the Celtics, and he said the reason was because he was trying to catch Kobe. Okay. He finally admitted it. Yeah, finally. yeah, I was just trying to catch Kobe, man. Yeah. Yeah, got to chase the rings. Kobe, because Kobe and Shaq could have – how many could they have won if they had stayed together and been able to get along? Pride and ego. That was like the Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones thing. I mean, if they could have made it work, uh, how many championships could they have won because you had the best two players in the league, the best perimeter player and the best interior player in the league at the same same time. Uh, How about this, Rod? The NFL – so during the Super Bowl halftime show, when Alicia Keys began singing from her red piano, mm-hmm. her voice cracked. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, her voice cracked. And it, it, you know, she's a great vocalist, but at that moment it cracked. The NFL went back on there. If you go back and watch the Super Bowl on YouTube now, mm-hmm. the NFL fixed it. They took it out? They doctored it to make it sound normal. It's probably, probably in her contract, though, honestly. Do you don't think, think so? that yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the sound was not very good? At least at the beginning of the performance, like you couldn't really. Even I'd have to go back and watch it again. There were a lot of people in the house, and they turned it up, and everybody was singing along. So I'd have to go back and really 
You know, I, I didn't notice it, but I can't say for when sure. Wouldn't you think they? I think they usually have like a direct feed, you know, where it's not just the stadium sound. I don't, I don't know. It sounded weird to me. Okay. Well, well like I said, I, I mean, it's hard to think they could have had a better sound than in that stadium. I'm sure they had the latest technology. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I didn't find anything really wrong with it, but I didn't watch the halftime show again uh, once I got home. And I haven't watched the broadcast of it, so maybe on the broadcast of it, it was bad. Well, I was there live, and live, nobody cared. Nobody even cared that their voice cracked. Nobody cared. Yeah, I don't. I, that's why I say, why well, did you fix it? It's yeah. part of the deal. <laughs> it happens. And uh, I bet her agent was like, fix it. <laughs> <laughs> fix it. <laughs> hey, we'll, done. We'll be back. We roll on. Rod will have another rant next hour. We'll reset the top stories, including the Cowboys, making it official with Mike Zimmer.